0: <laughs> I'm very
1: relaxed as you can tell i stretching yeah. what's been going on mate mate
2: I uh, rolled into 6 rr this year and just been getting pumped mate because I <laughs> obviously took a year off essentially paid leave because <clears throat> uh, not, not fit to walk for 14 months and uh, I thought I'd be smart and get upgraded before I march back into a battalion and I was like oh it'll be fine I'll roll with the punches so I was walking for three weeks and I banged in the BFA banged in the combat pairs to get upgraded because I was like fuck marching into a unit downgraded and it's it's come back to bite me because I've just gone field 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 and uh I've got a massive open wound in my back so man, I've just been rolling with the punches since I rolled in a six RR.
1: so because yeah. what what fucking happened you um is it still there or is it healed No,
0: uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Go tell the full story because I I hear there's a story.
1: Yeah, so there's no, uh,
2: I can see the smiles. I don't think there's that good of a bloody story. But uh, the background of it was, um, I just, uh, back at ADFA actually, I went out field uh, and as you know, it's unhygienic as. uh, And there's this thing called jeep bum, um, which is the, the common term for it. It's what people call it in the army. And all it is is just an ingrown hair on the bottom of your tailbone um, so anybody subject to get it i got it um, a couple of years ago uh, had surgery for it and i was back in the gym within a week so six years later still in the army i uh, feel another bump on my tailbone i'm like yep had this before no worries i'll go in get it operated on i'll be back in the gym in a week uh, and at the time i was actually training for special forces so i was ripped up feeling good about myself and I walked into the surgeon's office. I was like, all right, mate, sort this out. Uh, and unfortunately 14 months later, it it was finally sorted out. So had a surgery on it, a week later, I was expecting to be all good to go. Uh, and it just kept going to shit. So, uh, had eight surgeries. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. So eight surgeries in total and because, and you're right, Adrian, because of the location of it pain in the ass, mate. Yeah. Pain in the mouth. That's not the first time that pun's been used.
0: Is uh, that, um, so ingrown hairs need surgery. I thought you just pop them like pimples and then they go back to normal. That's that's not.
2: No, no, no. So because of the location of the ingrown hair, it's so close to your spine. Um, what can actually happen is uh, if the hair continues to go in, it wraps around your spine and it can actually uh, cripple you. Um, so it, it can fully uh, make you uh, paraplegic. Um, so they need to operate on it.
0: Even down at your tailbone.
2: That's right, mate. mate. That's right.
0: Oh mate.
2: yeah, and it and it yeah, it makes hairy blokes because it's um more susceptible in hairier dudes. Uh, and I see Mex's Fuck. long locks and beard, yeah, and it, it honestly, you just wake up one day with a lump and um, and yeah, that's you done if you're unlucky.
0: There goes fourteen months. So this is a, this yeah, is a rabbit yeah. hole that we can not go down or go down. I'm, I'm easy either way, but is this cause, uh, you're a hairy dude that shaves or is it just being hairy that, that causes the problem?
2: Just being hairy. Um, if you're sweating, you're sitting, sitting down a lot, like, like I'd say most people do in office jobs. Um, it can be hereditary and yeah, all of a sudden you just, you're, you're out, you're down and out. And, um, what I, what I try to do is find other people that have gone through this. Um, and yeah, you, you Google it and you just see these depressing chat forums, unfortunately, of people going through it. And you, wouldn't, you would never know about it, but all these poor bastards like, yep, hey, haven't been able to sit down for six months. Can someone please just fucking help me? Because this is horrendous. And I, like, you're right to laugh. This is what makes it so shit. You can't tell anybody or you tell people about it, but they're like, Yep, either a just an ingrown hair, like you'll be right, or oh yeah, pain in the ass, mate. Like making some jokes <laughs> about it, it's, and it's fucking shit for days. Um, yeah, man. So um, like I couldn't um couldn't obviously lie down on my back for fourteen months. So horrible sleeping pattern. Couldn't sit down, so therefore couldn't drive to like see mates or anything. Um, could hardly shower uh, and yeah, go to the go into the toilet. Horrible horrible yeah absolutely debilitating yeah fuck
0: did i give you one of those hemorrhoid pillows that you can like sit your ass cheeks on no
2: so so here's the thing so it was like um the feedback from <laughs> the medical staff they never gave me one of those things because the feedback was always hey mate you'll be better next week you'll be better next week and that went on for what you know over 60 weeks so every week it was just getting kicked while i was down hey absolutely kicked till I was down. So I'd like, my mindset would be like, yep, sweet. Next week, you know, I can start walking again. I can start seeing my friends. I can go back to work. I can start playing footy and going back to boxing. Uh, and then the end of the week would come round and they were just like, oh, sorry, mate. It'll be another week. Yeah. 60
1: because, weeks. I mean, it's not even, you wouldn't think, uh, Well, I mean, this is like a, a two part, problem here number one is you were fucking fit ready for selection training killing it right and then you get knocked on your not even on your ass you're on your belly for, for 14 months just going when the fuck does this end was that somewhat that
2: mate it, it was crazy so like i liken it to um covid and boys going through like quarantine the two weeks sort of quarantine um just being isolated and stuff in the room with nothing to do I essentially did covert quarantine for 14 months um it, it was rough hey uh and the fitness side of it you're dead right like once your routine goes out the window uh if you've got nothing to look forward to when you wake up in the morning it makes it bloody hard so yeah very similar to covert quarantine very similar um just rubbish mate
1: i don't reckon you could do the eight principles of Swiss AID. at like, it sounds like you would be the anti Swiss AID for the last 14 months.
2: I, I'm the anti Swiss AID, um, And I think like that's important as well because it, it shows just what happens when you go from abiding by your principles. Like um, I've got them written down here and, and they're excellent. Um, your fitness, nutrition, mindfulness, sleep, right? The first four, if you lose your ability to have any sort of purpose in your day, work, relationships, um, your fitness, well, there's fitness obviously gone, but nutrition, what's the point in in your minds? like, um, maintaining a good diet, uh, when you can hardly walk around. I, I, put on, I put on 26 kilograms max, uh, over the 14 months. Um, and you know, uh, what, what, uh, what I've been told by, uh, one of the better physios that I've seen is, uh, you know, NASA pays people, to lie down and do nothing for periods of time. Right. I should have called them up and be like, Hey, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, because I was like, I wasn't going to call them up and be like, Hey, I've got a week in bed. Um, if I had known it was 14 months, I could have made some money out of it. Probably. Absolutely. <laughs> but what Elon little Musk up,
1: see what he says.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe I can go to Mars, mate. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so one of the better physios that I saw, he was telling me, um, the bone degradation and you don't get this back. he he thinks that uh, my bone density would have reduced by at least 30% over that period of time. So that inactivity, um, yeah, rough, bloody rough. Um, But sleep as well, I'm I'm telling you, you'll laugh at this, Adrian. Um, (laughs) You're less polite than Rex because I've only just met you. (laughs) But um, what I I had on me, mate, was, um, was a pump. You guys will both laugh, actually. I had a pump on me, right? It's about a three and a half kilogram pump. And they call it a, a negative wound therapy pump. So it sucks out all the blood, all the moisture. Cause I had 40 staph infections while Fuck. I was, yeah, every week, mate, just yeah, on, on antibiotics the whole time. And what it does, it, it draws out all the blood from the wounds. Cause it's just a big flesh wound. Um, and so I had to carry around a pump with me with a cord and you could see all this shit going around. And the worst thing about it was it's, it's battery powered and Elon Musk hasn't had his hands on it. So the sun doesn't charge the thing. So <laughs> guess what I guess what I have to do with this bloody pump is stick it in the wall. Obviously mate, And so the, the pumps connected to me. I'm connected to the pump. The pumps connected to the wall. I'm a fucking human iPhone, mate. Like, so <laughs> the, thing, the thing starts beeping at me, right? I'm walking around, it's beeping at me. I've got to get home, got to plug into the wall. Absolutely crazy. So like,
0: you're, how, how long did you say? 60 weeks. Yeah, that's right. 14 months. Out of action, not training, eating poorly, not sleeping well, and smashing your body with antibiotics the whole time. Yep, the
2: whole time, mate. How
0: the fuck are you still alive?
2: Yeah. Like it, yeah.
0: Have you come good now, obviously?
2: Yeah, so um, it's a good question. Um, there, were, there, were, there were actually three moments um, throughout the whole um, process where I actually did think I was gonna die. <laughs> um, because, because the flesh wound was so large, and it's just this big open wound, um, and I'd have to go into the hospital to do dressing changes. There were three occasions where they accidentally cut arteries, um, right down deep. Uh, and I'd start bleeding out, losing blood, um, or I'd be away from the hospital on another occasion and it, uh, artery just burst. And here I am with, it, it looks like a, a cannon wound. If you were to get shot with a cannon, that's what it looks like. Um, and so I just started bleeding out, um, pretty close to death. And yeah, to the point where I had to unfortunately text my family as I was losing, losing consciousness and be like, Hey mom, Hey bro. Like, love you guys. I'm currently fucking dying. So it's been real. Yeah. So Ah. two times. Yeah. But completely, completely out of action, man. It was, it was fucking, it was fucking rubbish. Um, and to answer your question, how I'm still alive. Um, you can, you can imagine sort of the pent up motivation that I had to get the fuck out of bed uh and I mentioned earlier I, I put on twenty six kilograms. What happened when I had to come back to work, you gotta fit into your uniform. Um and I could not fit into my uniform obviously and I wasn't gonna go to the clothing store and just accept, yep, this is the new me, fat as hell. I think I was 117 kilograms at, at my max. Um, so what I did was um I did actually abide by one of the Swiss8 principles and I cracked into my nutrition uh, and within three weeks, and you'll you'll be like, that's insane. Within three weeks, I lost about 10 kilograms. Uh, I just watched my calorie intake, full ketogenic, um, lost 10 kilograms to fit back into my cams. As far as the fitness side of things was concerned, like you do what you have to do. Uh, and my thing was I just started walking in the morning um, and after 14 months of not walking, it was crazy. I've never experienced shin splints, uh, in my life. I've been fortunate to be a super active guy, but just walking around for 30 minutes, I was coming home and having to ice my body, um, to mm-hmm. recover. So I just kept doing that, kept at it, uh, falling asleep when I got back to work, just cause I didn't have like, um, the nutrition to keep me awake. Um, but yeah, just cracked on and then, um, got back to it. Hey, cause I, after, after that long in bed. Um, you think anything's possible, hey? You come that close to dying, you're just like, fuck it. I can do anything.
0: Yeah. So are you, are you pumping probiotics and stuff now? Like, cause that's a long time to be on antibiotics. It's huge, huge time. Yeah. So I, um, your cult, my, your cult was my
2: go-to. Um, and yeah, just absolutely smash that increase my water intake. And I'm sure there'll be some sort of medical effect, like medical side effects from everything down the, down the line. Um, so I'm not really looking forward to that, but, Definitely something like that will, will Cause show
1: what f- If you were a civvy, so this is sick, right? So the, mm. the defences are actually, this is where defences look after you, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Um, that's 14 months of paid leave. That's fucking sick. Civvy Street, when do they, I've been a civilly now for eight months of my fucking adult life. Um, when do they go, <laughs> nah, mate, you, do you get workers comp? Do you, get, do you have to claim on health insurance? And then they're like,
0: that's it, mate, go. Well, I mean, I don't know. Well, I can jump in and answer that if you want, mate, but if it's workers that covers you if you hurt yourself at work. I mean, arguably you could say being an officer, you spend a lot of time sitting down and not a lot of time working. So <laughs> therefore, therefore, it was work related. Um, the okay. army would be good with that anyway. But if you're, oh, mate, you'd be, it depends on your boss. If you're sitting in an office and you get an ingrown hair in your ass, realistically, you could probably fight the case to say, it's cause I was sitting down all day. Um, But if work cover says no, you are fucked. I I met a
2: trade, I met a tradie at the hospital. He was completely fucked. Out of action for six months. I think he was on his last year of his apprenticeship and yeah, they had to let him go. Could not, could not keep up with work. Uh, And he tried there as well for a, for a while carrying his bag to the work site, but completely out, out of his,
0: out of his job. Fucked. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and that's, uh, it's, it's depends on which lens you look through. Like, there's, there's people out there that whinge and say the army doesn't do enough for us, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it's a pretty fucking safe place to, well, safe, depending on where you are. But job security-wise, like, they look after you. They were even, through COVID, when everyone else was firing people, going, no, we've got no money. Army's like, oh, if you've got out recently, you can come back. Like, not not work for the dole, but we'll give you a job and, and keep you secure.
1: They... Mate, they they delayed my discharge for eight months for COVID. They're like, do you sure you want to get out now in the middle of a pandemic? We'll give you, we'll, we'll give you another eight months. You can just chill the fuck out for a bit. Mm. Like, yeah, exactly. That's gold. I was saying job security. Uh, the army kind of look after you in, in that respect, but I'm just interested. When you're at this point in your life where you're phoning your, you are phone your mum and your family and you're like, well, look not the glorious death I was chasing, not the poetic death, but death nonetheless. And you've got to, you've got to face your own. Um, what's the word for it? Mortality. There's two types of people, right? Oh, well, There's probably many. Let's not pigeonhole and, and pretend people. I'm a psychologist. There's <laughs> some people that would, me, could possibly climb into a bottom of a bottle and never come out, right? And just be like, well, I'm fucked. Uh, I'm not going to get over this or I'm just going to be a piece of shit and give up in life. Yeah. And then there's, other people who decide to what, what was going on in your, to launch what you did mate?
2: Yeah. So, um, good question. And I, I, felt the same way at the time and there was definitely times where, um, I looked at alcohol and obviously I was on a shit ton of pain medication as well. Constant pain as, as an escape route. Um, cause it was fucking horrible. Um, uh, but, but what I did, Uh, I tried to find um, someone else that had been through something similar to me Uh, and I'm very fortunate uh, obviously in the army um, with boys that have faced life and death um, previously and how they've dealt with it moving forward. Um, So what I wanted to do was find someone else that had dealt with this and try to learn from them. Um, so I started off just online, just looking, I think I mentioned it before, just going to like these chat forums where people were dealing with this stuff. And unfortunately not only had no one gone through like eight surgeries and 14 months, like I had, I think I might have the worst bloody case of this in the world. So if I'm honest, it's fucked. I, I doctors see it now and they just look at it and they're like, I don't know what that is. So, so no one could help me, not even like the medical staff. And then I tried to find more people that had gone through what I've gone through and I couldn't find it. Um, so that's, that's what I was seeking out to help me through. Uh, and so what I started to do um, was just to read books as if it was my job, um, non-fiction, military history, uh, even self-help books, um, fitness fanatics books, um, just something to look for someone who's had it worse than me. And there's plenty of people that have had it worse than me and just go, okay, well, let's say David Goggins, for example, if David Goggins um, can go through all this racism and abusive father growing up, <clears throat> um, if these other people can have their legs blown off and keep moving forward, uh, if this person can go through the Holocaust and keep moving forward, then who the fuck am I to complain about laying in bed all day with my, my pump plugged into my bloody wall pump. Um, so that, and that's what it was. So I was really just searching for perspective. Um and so every time I get down I, I would just look for this perspective to just like no nah, fuck that. Keep going forward. So I, I read a lot of books about uh about the Holocaust to keep going. Um, but that question Max, yeah, definitely super tempted to just get drunk, but I just knew that it wasn't gonna do me any favors. I'm already laying in bed, laying in bed with a big chunk of my own vomit next to me wasn't gonna fucking help the situation, hey. So yeah, it was hard. It was Fucking tough. It was fucking tough.
1: Because I mean there's there's endone and, and Valium and uh, benzos, they're a fucking they're a slippery slope and they're over prescribed, right? I mean that's there's yeah. a there's an epidemic going through the United States. Apparently the, the biggest prescribed medication is, is misuse of prescribed medication <laughs> is phenomenal. And that stuff makes you not want to move sad. Like fuck it. I don't I don't really care. I'm just gonna zone out of reality for the next yeah. And I just, it, it, and it's, it's hard because it, that's, that's what's prescribed you. So, was there pain management that you, any particular skills that you learned for pain management, or you're like, you know, I'm just going to have to deal with it and get the fuck off of these things?
2: Yeah. Uh, so, for pain management, unfortunately, this is where reading books, like, uh, you're going to find out I'm the biggest fan of reading books. Um, like, you know, you've got people, um, meditation and yoga, and obviously working out works for other people, um, even like, um, mental sort of pain, you know, thinking about something, you go to the gym, you work out, you feel better about it, or you hit a boxing bag. Um, but for me, trying, trying these things like meditation and just calming my mind for the pain. Um, I I think they call it, what do they call it? Cognitive uh, behavioral therapy and stuff like that for pain management. It, it didn't work cause the pain was pain was unbearable. So, um, reading books I found was the best way to just zone out, um, just zone out and just deal with, deal with the pain. But it, it's a very unique situation. Um, uh, but one that we all face, once we get older, I just have had, um, had the great fortune to deal with it now in my young age.
0: Mate, it's a pretty, um, pretty positive story. Like, I I consider myself fairly disciplined and motivated, but if I was laying down for 14 months, I would have watched Netflix end-to-end, mate. I probably would have picked up a book once or twice, but it would have been too tempting to just sit there and watch TV and do nothing.
2: uh, One of my my sergeant mates, when I finally got back to work, the first thing he said to me was, uh, mate, you'd be ready for uh, Pornhub 2 by now. And I was like, (laughs) yeah.
0: Uh, that will be dangerous too, but, but mate, yeah. I, I've, I've
1: completed Netflix. Like what? I finished Netflix. <laughs> I finished it. Tick. I can die now.
0: Mate, that, that story alone um, is, is enough for me to say we, we need to get aware of cannabis in this country. Um, not to change. So I had a conversation with a few people in defense um, about this last week. And like the trials are coming for different reasons, mostly mental health, and they're, all, they're looking at mushrooms and MDMA first. But Australia is so conservative. We're, we're that far behind the times with weed. Like you could have sat there eating CBD oil and at, when you wanted to go to sleep, um, THC pills, whatever, um, you don't need to go and smoke, smoke joints all the time. But there's, there's stuff available that would have been like A, good for pain, inflammation for your guts, uh, and then helped you get to sleep. Um, I I think, sorry, I'll probably go off on a tangent because I'm a bit of a cannabis advocate, uh, but Australia needs to get with the times, I think.
2: Yeah. Sorry, Max. Oh, just quickly, I... I think that's, um, that's a huge step forward. And what I don't understand is like the, the legislation and laws behind it are the things stopping it, not the actual outcome of what it means for people going through this thing. Uh, I've recently watched uh, my elderly um, grandmother pass away, unfortunately. But you look at things like cannabis and you ask the why behind it and it makes a lot of sense. You ask the why behind why it's still restricted doesn't make as much sense, doesn't make much sense at all.
0: No, nah, it's just a political football. I mean, it'd be tough for you because I think the last people, if that, when they do, they, it's 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 inevitable. They're going to green light it eventually, but people in uniform will be the last ones allowed to use it. So you'd probably well, still. Well, I've, be...
1: I've got good knowledge from friends in different place in high. Well, let's say places, mate, that make. And the reason why, the reason why it doesn't get legalized is because the conservative base of the liberal liberal party won't let it fly,
0: so they lose mm. votes. Yeah, it's, only, it's a generational thing the boomers are still in charge and they like the boomers grew up with all of the propaganda that if you smoke one joint you're going to be schizophrenic and start raping and murdering people and that's i mean my parents generation still they grew up as hippies and then for some reason got brainwashed into believing that um plants are bad for you so i don't know i think we, we've still got a little bit of a way to go but the generational change we'll see next generation in parliament surely Surely we get a bit of um, the green light on green.
2: <laughs> but that, that's another conversation as well. Even if the, um, the answer is not cannabis, um, like you said earlier, Max, about the um, opioid addiction in America killing so many people like I, I liken it to tobacco still being legal. Like it's uh, it's I think it's the second biggest killer behind obesity, uh, but there's no tax on fast food or anything like that uh, but with the opioids. Like, why is that legal if it's killing more, killing more people than a lot of other things in the U.S. Definitely more than
0: marijuana. Mm. No, it's a big. It's, it's money and lobbyists, isn't it? Like the tobacco companies in Australia. Oh, vape, vape pens. I mean, they're not good for you either. I, I, there's not enough research. Don't condone them. But they come out at parties. It's it's vape um, nicotine, and like they're illegal, but cigarettes aren't. And I'm like. That's the only reason there is because tobacco companies aren't currently the ones selling vape pens and they've got all the money and they're fantastic. You can't fantastic tax vape lobby. pens $51 in a packet, mate. Mm. Well, you can, you can do it to tax whatever <laughs> yeah, you want. They, they just
1: haven't and that's why it's a problem. Make them illegal. Who knows? So, I mean, to get out of that and reading books, is it is it a thing you've always done or is this something that you you took up? Have you always been interested... Mm.
2: Um, so the answer to that, the quick answer to that is no. Um, I, uh, when I was preparing for selection and I was, um, starting to get into the mindset to actually do it, I wanted to start it, um, like a year and a half out. And the first phase of my sort of training program for that. And when I got my, um, pilot sinus was just the mindset shift. Um, so I actually started reading books, um, probably three months before, um, I had this injury occur to me and, and all happened to me and thank, thank God. Um, so no, I wasn't an avid reader before I got it, um, before I got this injury. Um, but I just, I couldn't think of any other solutions to deal with it. So, um, that's how it all started. Um, and then because I wasn't going to work, uh, and Adrian makes the oh, I think you made the point earlier about, um, the defense force looking after you, um, while still continue to be paid, um, without really provide, well, without providing any service. Um, The way I looked at reading was, well, if I can't um, go into work and make a difference there, I'm just going to make a difference to myself as an individual. Uh, And the best way to, I think, um, to improve yourself is to um, increase your level of education. Right, it's why we go to school for 12 years. Um, So what I did, I, I just looked at reading books as if it was my job mix. So. Um, I'd wake up at 0500 and then I would read until lunchtime. I'd have lunch and then I'd read until I went to bed. um, Just so I didn't feel guilty for receiving a paycheck. Obviously like I'm all about defense. I really value the army and every opportunity that it's afforded me. Um, So I thought the the best way to give back to these guys looking after me is to upskill myself uh, and educate myself. Uh, I was doing my masters at the time as well, um, but honestly, uh, I, I, think the masters cost $48,000 I I could buy a lot of books with $48,000 and I would probably prefer to spend a thousand dollars on books than to get a master's degree education. Cause I honestly think, um, that the best way to get ahead in life is to, you know, go straight to the top. You mentioned Elon Musk earlier. Why would I go to university, um, to, well, I'm still at uni, some hypocrite to listen to a lecturer speak about leadership. Um, that i haven't heard of before when i can go straight to the guy that's leading the world's best organization and learn directly from him um so for me i i I feel like i've just skipped a step and now if i want to learn about anything i just go straight to the best person in the world that's written a book on it and i go okay what's this guy reckon well let's give that a crack because he's obviously been hugely successful um so, yeah, so from not reading at all um, to reading all the time and still reading, still reading. I'll skip gym sessions now to read books because I think it's just as important. And because I'm 100%. lazy, Adrian. <laughs> Adrian's so like, yeah, that's why.
0: <laughs> oh, mate, skipping the gym to read a book's better than skipping a gym to watch TV. But I think, mate, what you just said then, that that resonates. Like, I, I think the, the world's kind of shifting in their mentality at the moment too. We, we can go and learn from people who sat in a classroom their whole life and, and got really good at reading other people's ideas, or we can go and learn from people with lived experience who have actually got stories to tell. And, and I know where I'd rather be learning stuff from, 100% from people with lived experience. Yeah. I mean, and, and I don't want to discredit, there's a lot of good professors out there that have, that have got a lot of knowledge and stuff, but the majority that are out there, they've, they've gone, lived their entire life in a classroom. Um, and that for me is not someone I really want to take life lessons from it gets hard right because the guys in
1: institutions I mean Charlie Teo spoke about this the guys in institutions that that cog to move is so slow that well, you're reading 10 year old information by the time you go to uni and there's dudes doing things completely different I think I think the technological curve and the, the it's going so sharp now to
0: keep up with it fuck I don't know how probably reading well, books well that's I mean that's so I'll, I'll jump in real quick that, that's something we've got to look at right now with, with the research we're doing psych stuff uni no dramas like no, no doubt you want to partner with the uni any, any tech research that we're doing like we, we have to weigh up now do we want to partner with a university or do we want to partner with Google Apple one of those companies who's doing all of this research themselves um, moving faster putting stuff like product to, to market as soon as something's ready to trial. It's, I don't know it's, it's a tough one Unis are a bit old and slow.
1: I think the credibility is shifting, right? Because um, Ben's noticing this as well. The credibility, the credibility shift from universities, and they're like, "No, you need a university to back a a, a psych intervention or a or a you know holistic living thing." Um, whereas tech companies are just like, "No, this we kind of know this is what's happening. We've got a lot of data points to draw from. We're just going to fucking do it. And if it doesn't work, I know there's responsibility and stuff, and you're not going to condone." outlandish stuff, you know, gonna be like everyone go and start taking fucking meth, but you have a responsibility. But on the other side of it, you need to keep up with the trend, right? 100%
0: mate. Well, but I think and- I, I think you gotta be careful. I, I think they are taking great risk. They're not, we don't see it. They're doing fucking social experiments on us all the time. Um, and the, the fallout is we just get dumber and more attached to our phones, but they're, they're doing dangerous social experiments. Don't worry about that.
2: And um, with that as well, Max, like um, you see it all the time with like great stories of um, innovators, etc. Like how many of like the world's top 10 smartest people that we see, you know, um, in history and current times, you hear the story where they dropped out of university. And with what you were saying earlier, Adrian, about, you know, their classroom smart. I, I don't think that there's any um, difference between individuals like, let's say, Bill Gates uh, and a lead professor at Harvard University that's teaching IT. I don't think that there's any difference. But um, as far as their knowledge goes, uh, because they've probably read the same books. But the mm. difference is that Bill Gates turns it into actionable outcomes um, and and yeah, isn't utilizing it to teach others. He's using it to. Um, create right which is Mm. which is incredible and I think that's a big difference and um, what's interesting to me as well now reading so many books is you know all of these guys have done just that just read hundreds of hundreds of books and I think um, as individuals we we really um, underscore ourselves to be like I can't do that because I'm not as smart as this guy but I think the difference is like and I'm not having a crack at either one of your intelligence but look at Swiss 8 you know, you guys oh, have just... Oh, here we
0: go. Yeah. No, okay. We're fucking knuckleheads, mate. Don't yeah. worry about that.
2: So you guys have just done it, you know what I mean? You, you didn't just talk about it, you've, you've been doing it. I think this is like, you, you know, close to 40 podcasts, as well as everything else that you're doing. Um, I, I'm sure you guys would attest very humbly that you're not smarter than anyone else but you're fucking determined. And that's the difference between Bill Gates and a Harvard professor. Um, so the big thing about reading, uh, I think that's important that I wanna get the message out about is that you're no different to you know, your boss. You're no different to your boss's boss. You all have the same intellectual capacity and capability. It's just about who takes the most action, not to get ahead in life, um, but to better themselves and upskill themselves the most. I think that's very important because you read Elon Musk's book and you go, There's nothing too outlandish about that. I could probably do that if I read the right book.
0: Mate, I 100% agree. And I feel like you may have um, fallen asleep in a few classes at AdFa because I'm pretty sure they teach you that you are smarter than everyone. Don't they? they, they, I (laughs) are.
2: The I pulled uh, that module out
0: because this is the first time uh,
2: I'm meeting you. Obviously, Adrian, I watched a few of your podcasts uh, in the lead up to this afternoon, and there was uh, I, I skipped along, and there was a segment where you guys are talking about ad for an RMC, <laughs> uh, and I don't know if you're saying the most positive things and like oh fuck, I'm gonna have a tough crowd tonight. No nah, like, but you you're right, mate. That's exactly what they
0: taught us. Yeah, good. good, good. <laughs> no, nah, I, I mean, I mean, we what any chance we get, we take the piss out of officers. Obviously, it's just what just what do. I'm tracking. Um, yeah, good. <laughs> so, what is the most prefer- because I mean,
1: fuck, we're talking about the taking action. We're talking about the power of decision, right? And and, and that's the power of decision was Tony Robbins. He's I've read some of his stuff. He's fucking phenomenal. So, cool? if you had fuck, I don't want to. I want to get right into it now. Um what was the most profound, what was a book that hooked you into like, I need to keep going with this or like, do you know, like what is the most profound book you would say, if, if you're gonna read something that's gonna start on your path of action and self-discovery and everything, it's this book and this is what I'm doing. And, and this is what I'm doing now with brothers and books.
2: That's a, that's a really good question. Um, and I, I don't think I've mentioned it so far, but I, I read over a hundred books uh, in this year. Um, and the thing about reading books is, um, similar to growing up in life experiences, every book that you read, um, seems to be better than the last. And the reason that is, is because as you learn and you learn new things, right? Like neural pathways, right? You get the neural pathways, um, and you learn new things, you read the next book and it may be similar to the book that you've just read, but it introduces a new concept what happens in your brain is it connects the two ideas to create something new and a deeper understanding of that. Um, so it's hard because now as I read books, I'm like, wow, this is an amazing book. I'd recommend this book to everyone, but it's only because of the amalgamation of books that I've read. Um, but I will say that the, the book that hooked me, um, to sort of wanting to read more, Um, is uh, A Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl Uh, because you you read that book uh, and Viktor Frankl was a psychologist uh, and he was a Holocaust survivor and uh, the book's about 200 pages long. The first hundred pages of the book talks about his experience in the concentration camp, uh, and, uh, not knowing whether or not his, uh, wife had died, but watching a lot of his friends die. And obviously going through all these inhumane acts, cruel acts, um, from the Nazis to the Jews. Uh, and that's the first hundred pages. Uh, and the second hundred pages talks about the psychological effects of that and what he witnessed, um, people that didn't make it through, um, do, and what people who did make it through, did. Uh, and he puts, puts down the, the determining factor on their mindset. Uh, and he introduces a concept called logo therapy, um, which is, uh, I think Latin for purpose therapy or meaning therapy. And he talks about if you can find the why, and I think Dr. Sue says this as well, um, then I, 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 I'm misquoting it, but you can do almost anyhow. Right. Um,
1: uh, also and- famously quoted by Jordan Peterson as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So Jordan he- Peterson, excellent. <laughs> yeah,
0: mate. I gotta Google it. There's someone way older than those boys. That that's like um, give me a why and I'll find any how. a fucking f- oh, who was it? Nietzsche said that? I, I think, think so. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. Frederick Nietzsche. yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Fuck. So so this is and, and th- this is the thing. This was your, your the crux, the turning point.
2: Yeah, that's it. And as soon as I realise, I'm like shit. It's about what you know and what you can do in, internally. You know, you flip it on its head. Um, if, if I can, um, increase my mental capacity and my mindset, well, you know, Viktor Frankl got through the Holocaust. Uh, I can get through this fucking injury and crack on. Um, but, but really, um, it's not talked about enough. Um, I know you guys talk about mindset a lot, but as you both know, like it's, it's not something that you determine a need for until you fucking, until you need it um and it's a big part of growing up you think uh you know you're, you're 10 feet tall and bulletproof um to quote a book i've recently read um and it's not until you're not bulletproof that you figure out what's most important uh and it's and it's all up here
1: yeah because they're talking about i mean this is stuff like vietnam like the changi death march um all the world war Two uh, pow survivors um Guys who got locked up, one dude built his dream home in his mind. Like it was a purpose and a will to, to move forward. Um, comes out with, with how we train people to fight. I think I brought this up a couple of times, how we train people to fight, where they get shot. Like you have to lay down and play dead now. People who haven't been taught to do that don't. And it's about ingraining that purpose. And that's, that's the biggest thing that we're doing now. Like we're super excited. We're going to the Fink uh, in June and, and we're doing a whole event series literally based around pursuit of purpose is what the event is is based and it's about getting dudes together and giving them a purpose not not like equine therapy has its place or whatever it is but you need to get guys to do hard shit and re-engage in the community and find a purpose in life and whether that's a community or or, or a new path I, I, that's a perfect segue into um that event series that we're trying to do i think it's it's pursuit of purpose, mate. And I think that's what the first thing that will affect your, your mindset beyond anything else. And uh even Charlie Teo said in in a couple of podcasts ago, he said there's people that should have survived, that willed themselves to die in some of his surgeries. And there's people that shouldn't have lived that didn't want to die and they refused to they just had a purpose to keep moving forward. That's pretty mm-hmm. powerful, man.
2: Yeah. yeah. And and um I think Graham Connolly in his book, um, obviously the X-2 commando um, soldier, uh, he talks about frames of reference and just being able to cast your mind back to something, you know, you talk about purpose and I wish you all the best with that because that is a great mission and it's a hard one to achieve, um, but I'm sure you guys will fucking kill it. Um, You know, casting your mind back to frames of reference of difficult things that you've done in the past to help you moving forward. It's like you go for your first pack march and you're like, what the fuck? What, mine must be fitting incorrectly. No, that's just how they feel, they're fucking shit. Um, but then, you know, you, you continue to do it and you cast casting my back and I'm like, fuck, remember how much I was hurting? I, if I can do that, I can do this. Um, so yeah, so now that I've, I've gone through 14 months of isolation and stuff, um, yeah, I don't get too worried about any sort of obstacles in my future. So it's a huge silver lining to the whole thing.
0: Mate, I'm just looking through, I've got your Instagram. I can I've looked through a few times because there's there's some sick books. Um, I've read a couple, obviously, don't read anywhere near as much as you. I listen, mostly listen to to audio books these days because I just retain it a lot better. do you you've read all these books. Do you still retain all the information from all of them?
2: Yeah, so that's a good question, and uh, my my partner hit me up one time um, and I, I'd read Ray Dalio's book Principles. Um this is about two years ago now. Uh, and she said, there's no way, because I think she went to work, she came home, and I'd read a couple hundred pages. She's like, there's no way you've read this properly. You know, I read books, rah, rah, rah. Uh, And I recited back to her that Ray Dalio, this is two years ago now, this is one of the first books I read. uh, I said, Ray Dalio is actually responsible for the chicken nugget uh, because he was able to work with one of the biggest banks in America and McDonald's to get fixed chicken prices and rates um, so that they were affordable enough and that the market wasn't going to change so that McDonald's could introduce uh, chicken McNuggets to their menu. So yeah, you fucking retain it. Um, it, it's, in, it's, it's incredible hey, It's absolutely incredible because you're in that focused state, right? Um, where you're receiving all the information and I've got nothing against the TV. I've got nothing against a uh, well, probably do don't like social media that much, but, uh, you know, I, I, I'm not acting my age. I'm 26, but I sound like a 55 year old attention spans because of mobile phones is it's fucking, crazy 15 seconds yeah so if you can read a book and a lot of people struggle to read a book when they first start out they lose focus they read a couple of lines they get distracted um, they put it down they pick it up they check their phone it's actually a pretty difficult thing to to do as a habit same as going to gym um, but you definitely retain it you absolutely retain it
0: mm. yeah i find i mean I, I listen to audiobooks mostly when i'm driving So i'm on the road all the time and it's because like you you I don't know which one's conscious and which one's subconscious. I'm either driving consciously or subconsciously and then listening. Who knows? But, well, someone knows. But I, I find I retain almost everything if I listen to audiobooks while driving because I don't have the ability to be distracted because I'm focusing on the road and just absorbing noise and it's magic. I fucking love it. See, I don't ret- – I think I have to read. I stopped reading
1: uh, – When you were five. Prof- Probably when I was about three and a half, dropped out of. Uh, no, I read heaps, mate. I was a, I was a bit of an avid, I was an avid reader, and then joined the army uh, and decided not to read a couple of self help books when I was uh, twenty twenty one. Started that, and then that I just went the I secret. Was like, I don't know. You read yeah, the, the secret seven times. How to
2: pick up chicks in Townsville?
0: Yeah, fuck, that was slim picking, mate. Um, <laughs> Sorry, no shit. That is, that is one of the things, though, that one of the gateways for me to get into um, reading a bunch of stuff on psychology, human behavior, and all that, was those books when I was younger. It's like young dudes full of testosterone and just go like, oh, I need to be able to pick up chicks, and I'm insecure, and I, I don't really know how the world works. I'm going to read these. Sh- and there's some parts in them that are for fuckwits, and there's some parts in them that you're like, this, this makes sense. And that I went down a rabbit hole, and thanks to – I forget what it was called. It was something something about like um I'll have to dig it up. It, it was like it was a bit of evolutionary biology and psychology stuff. It was talking about how we are still monkeys and therefore to be better at mating you need to start thinking more like a monkey. Um a bit dangerous these days. But it, it opened the, the door and and I started reading heaps more psychology. So don't write mm. off bloody how to pick up checkbooks.
2: (laughs) Look at that uh, information retention as well, right? (laughs) You said you you were really young, like 18 to 20, like that's incredible. I I don't know how old you are now, but I assume that's a decade or so ago. 35, mate, it was was a lifetime ago. Yeah, right. Now try and remember the last Facebook video that you mindlessly watched. Exactly don't make right. It, do it, it's, it's insane. It's insane. Well. The amount of information you probably know, um, but, but it's hard to recall multiple things. Whereas for myself, like I can be like, yep, yeah, I've read these books in my lifetime. Like, you know what I mean? And you remember that. And there's very few things in my life, at least I don't know about you guys, um, that, I, that I can remember, you know, if, if I, the normal person, if I was to ask, hey, list the top three memories, your happiest times of your life people can't even answer that question, which is crazy. But Hey, what books have you read? What was the first book you read? Everyone remembers Mm. what was the first book that you read because the power of stories, as you guys know, it's in religion, it's in good companies and organizations. People, monkeys love fucking stories, love stories. And it's what separates us from the animals is just stories. And it doesn't matter if it's um, Jesus or or Buddha, if it gives people purpose and common grounds, that's that's what it is and and the power of stories is has been yeah it, it made us not be monkeys anymore and move on to walk upright
0: mate jordan peterson touches on that a lot too as far as pulling the stories out of religion but also the fact that we've lost not completely yet but we're we're, we're losing our way of or, or the understanding of how powerful it is to pass on actual knowledge in stories um i mean maybe we come back to that i don't know but there's Definitely agree with you, mate. I don't know. I don't know how deep you want to go, Max. But there is some books here that I want to unpack. Yeah, we got mate. We got the we got the brothers in stuff. books himself here. Yeah, Let's yeah,
2: yeah. Say. Um. So, so just quickly, Adrian, I may not be able to talk to all the books. Um. What what the Instagram page does. Uh, it allows people to share their story because I, I love people's stories and i got the best mm. job in the world now because I get to read them, come in. The same as you guys, right? Getting to talk to all these incredible people about what they've gone through. You guys love it just as much as me, you, you story whores. Um, <laughs> and so, so what happens is people write in their stories to brothers in books um, and their they're stories of um, success over adversity and they talk about a book that helps them during that period of adversity. Um, So there's a few books that I've thrown up that really helped me out, uh, but I'm happy I I can discuss probably most of them, mate, Uh, but they're all recommended um, by my audience. Uh, And then what I try and do is because there's only a few, like there's heaps of books in the world, millions of books in the world, but there's only a few key ones that really can change people's perspectives and lives. So what I do is I get the recommendations in from people and then I try and find those books and then donate them to places um, where they're going to find someone that, you know, like me, um, find a book, like, let's say, uh, Jordan Peterson's 12 rules for life. It sounds like you've read it Max. Great book. Now that's a book that's been recommended on the page. What I try and do is I'll find that book and I'll put it in somewhere where I, I know that someone who's vulnerable or going through some shit might pick it up and make it readily available. Just like, your phone's readily available. So hopefully instead of someone watching or getting up to Pornhub 2, they pick up Jordan Peterson's book instead. Um, you know, even in quarantine, isolation hotels, just stick a book in there, you'll probably pick it up. Um, but happy to talk about the book. Sorry, long story Mate, short. That, that, <laughs> that was
0: the book that I bought. I think my cu- there's a few people that have been in quarantine. I think it was my cousin, I bought him that book. So I'm like, maybe you're stuck in here for two weeks. This will keep you motivated at least a little bit. So you reckon? I'm just have, still, obviously, just pulling stuff from your Instagram. Um, if anyone's listening, brothers and books on Instagram. Um, we can. Yeah. I'm, I'm gauging right. So the the hit rate on on your books. Do you reckon part of that is like if people have read it, they're gonna they're gonna like it? Because I'm looking, Dono's book blew up. Obviously, I haven't read it yet, but apparently that's fucking fantastic. Yeah. Um, I've got to give it a read. Um, then just below that, the Bible. Have you have you gone cover to cover?
2: Yeah, so as, as, a, as a young kid, I did read the Bible cover to cover uh, because my mother dragged me to church every week um, and I thought reading the Bible was, um, was more entertaining than what was going up on stage. So I have read the Bible cover to cover, um, but when that book got sent in, um, it shouldn't surprise me. But it, the the response to that book, I actually thought I was like, oh, I don't know. You know, a lot of these books are military self-help related. Uh, here's the Bible, religion. I didn't know um, how people would react to it, but people fucking love religion and the Bible. Absolutely love it. Yeah. yeah still, But I think um, it's just not really uh, kosher to talk about these days, to be honest.
0: No, oh, mate, you should talk about whatever you want. The, that very copy, like the army colored one, that's the only one I've ever attempted to read I didn't make it all the way through I took it to Afghan with me I'm like if there's ever a place and a time that I'm going to pick up religion it might be here um but I started just reading it at night just to because there's some stories in there that's that's fucking entertaining um and I guess that's the whole point with the bible you take out of it what what you need at the time but it was just so long mate I couldn't get I got a few I don't know what do you call them chapters what what are they called the books of the bible a few books in And then fell off and i've never picked it up again unfortunately one day
2: just just quickly adrian so this is the thing about books as well and you'll see a few books um repeated on the page because people have taken different meanings right from the stories um so um on on that specific book the bible the story that was sent in is actually about someone that enlisted into the army um and then unfortunately found out like they suffered with uh anxiety and stuff like that and it wasn't for them um but through reading the bible and stuff like that they were able to recover after they left the army uh and become become a pti and stuff like that and then start helping other people with their own mental health so um it's really interesting what different people take from it. Um, another woman sent in the Bible um, and she suffers with permanent nerve damage in her face. So constant pain and faith is her um, cognitive behavioral therapy to deal with her pain, her faith in God. So it's really interesting how people take different things and lessons from these stories. So,
1: um, yeah, I'm, I'm an atheist. I think uh, Encyclopedia Britannica was, was volume one of that you know, the Bible per se. I think Jesus existed, I think he was a good storyteller. Um, I think it was people trying to understand the world. That's my my theory on it, but we know the conversion rates in prisons and, and, and end of life situations is quite high when they go to religion because they're looking for something to explain what the fuck has happened to them do you have an obligation now so you i mean you have high performers and you have dudes that just want to be sick at life coming to you and wanting to read books but you would also get people who are probably in some fucking holes um is there an i don't know you don't have an ethics committee but is there an ethical where you're like suggesting books that or you're just like i'm just trying to help people
2: yeah so um that's a great question uh and i think out there, there's a foot. So in, in my experience, dealing with different surgeons, I had good surgeons, I had bad surgeons and people are people and they make mistakes. Um, so um, I, I don't come from it and oh, read this mate and you'll get better. Um, all I do is I provide um, book recommendations off of the list and hopefully someone out there, like so we had a woman write in and she actually watched a man get burnt alive. She, she went to work one morning um, and, uh, uh, crazy person, um, jumped on the same bus that she was on and she doused a man in fuel. And then uh, the, the person doused a man in fuel and lit him on fire. Um, so she went from just on her way to university one morning to watching a man get burnt to death and experiencing that. Um, and so she wrote in her story and now God forbid that there's another person in Brisbane that experiences this. Um, but if people go on the page and they have a look at the stories that are coming through, maybe someone else is suffering that sort of same weird, unique um, atrocity and they can see, OK, um, this woman has gone through some, this, a similar thing as me. I've suffered watching someone get murdered. Um, and she found a, a lot of views from reading this book. I might try and read that book. Um, so it's less about the books and more about just connecting people to show that they're not alone. I, like, cause I, I mentioned earlier, I, I went on all these blogs, trying to find someone with, um, as deep of wound as me that had suffered as many surgeries or as long. And I just couldn't find it. Hey, and all I wanted was just to see that someone else had gone through this, um, and made it out the other side. Um, so brothers and books is less about me being like, read this book. You, you know, you'll sort out your alcoholism. It's more like, I just give people the platform to hopefully scroll through and find something on there. It's like, okay, this guy suffered with alcoholism. It's very similar to myself. He read this book and he seemed to get a lot of purpose out of it. And then they go and they read that book and if they get something out of it or not, well, at least they fucking done something right. Because, um, you mentioned before alcoholism, opioids, um, you know, putting on a bit of pudge and hurting too much or just being too tired, you lose that action part of getting better. So, what I'm trying to do is just encourage someone taking the first step, um, to go out and read a book and hopefully that leads to other good habits and routines as well. Um, so, you know, that, that's where I stand on it. Hopefully someone gets something out of it. Um, if they don't, well, at least they've read a book and maybe that'll lead, maybe they'll find something in the book that interests them and it'll lead to other healthy habits and hopefully something that gets out of the hole. 100%
0: agree. Mate, that's one of the best lessons the army teaches, I think, is like when you're in a position, like make a decision, go left, go right, no one actually gives a fuck. One way might be right, one might be wrong. Same as recommending books, going like read it or don't. You might read it and hate it. You might read it and love it. You might take something away from it, you might not. But doing nothing is definitely gonna be worse than reading a shit book. And mate, physically and mentally, you. Sedentary behavior, either physical or, or mental, is the pathway to death. And like, if you were physically uh, in a position where you couldn't move, um, but you're moving your brain. I think it's fucking, it, it's got to be, it, well, it is. It's better than, than sitting around feeling sorry for yourself a thousand percent.
2: And uh, unfortunately, that, that's a position a lot of people find themselves in. It's really unfortunate.
0: Mate, Question. I'm going to just show random ones. So, this is going yeah, to follow okay, no structure anymore whatsoever. No, no, so, I'm going to have random book questions. Dan Prong's book. What did you, yeah, how did you seven, find that? I haven't, I haven't 70, read it.
2: 70 kilogram dickhead. It gets written in all the time. People fucking. Love that book. Um, the the guy that first recommended it to me and brought it to my attention um, is actually a black belt in Krav Maga, and he's an international instructor. He read Dan Prong's book, and he was like, this is the best fucking book I've ever read. So, yeah, yeah really nice. good,
0: really good. Is it is it storytelling, or is there... It- I mean, he was a doctor, wasn't he? Is it? It's just, I'm guessing around his stories overseas on ops.
2: Yeah, that's right. It talks about um, his journey uh, from being a doctor, wanting to go into special forces, and then finally going into special forces and um, some of the experiences that he had. And I think um, the big thing that so many people like it for is just how they can assimilate with his writing style. Um, it's very to the point, obviously. And he he speaks about his stories on podcasts and stuff, uh, but his uh, book is exceptional.
0: Yeah, Max, we've got to reach out to him. He's coming yeah. on in uh, oh, four weeks. In yeah, yeah. Mate, he's got the best fucking borry photos of anyone on the internet. Like that, I'm pretty sure it's him, the one with the Mohawk, and then he's like burning manic, yeah. and then burning fat stacks of cash and like that's that's gangster. Anyway. In the book
2: it actually says how he hired a um, photographer to go overseas with it.
0: <laughs> oh good. Good. Eleven bats, that was sick.
2: Yeah, so what um a- uh, Alex Lloyd actually recommended that book, um, the owner of Life on the Line. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, it was one of the few books that he hadn't published through Macmillan Australia. So he's like, oh, it would be unethical if I was to promote my own book. Um, so here's one that I didn't publish.
0: Mm. Mate, Max, have you got anywhere you want to take this? Because I'm just going to keep looking yeah, at Yeah, you books. can keep banging that, mate. Um, yeah, good.
1: I want to know... <laughs> so... We spoke about the books. Has there been books that you've read that you've been like, I can't pull anything out of that because I'll tell you a story, mate. Everyone (laughs) likes a story. I picked up a self-help book and it was about happiness and finding true happiness or whatever. And I read it and I fucking couldn't disagree with it more. I was like, it just read, maybe I was in the wrong frame of mind. Maybe it wasn't that for me at that time, but it was a book about finding happiness or something. And I was like, Nope. Nope don't agree with it. And it wasn't from a prejudiced mindset. I had a complete open mindset to the book and, and gaining knowledge. And I was like, nah, disagree with disagree. you completely. Do you know what book was it? I'm going to, I've still got it in the trunk downstairs. Yeah. It's got a big yellow circle. Um, I don't know what it's, I'll find it and we'll put it in the comments hundred percent.
2: Yeah. like, um, fuck that. Well, yeah. So you read like, and this is the thing that we talked about earlier. Um, you come across some stuff, it doesn't make sense. Other times, like it might make sense. And I know you're saying you read it with an open mind. I read stuff and uh, I I disagree with it or I question it um, or I just pay it off and move forward. I'm like, oh, that's not relevant information. Um, And people think it's really taboo to, if you're not liking a book, to put it down, they're like, "Oh, I gotta finish this. I gotta finish it."
1: The funny thing is, this mate, do you have internet now? You haven't now. You don't read books. You're like, nah, fuck broadband. It's not a thing."
2: <laughs> oh, no. no! I got internet, man. I just never use. I got like ten megabytes of data a month, so it might be that.
1: Yeah, it could <laughs> I'm be. I'm <laughs>
2: <laughs> I've got the books to keep me warm, mate. Yeah, that's
0: it, mate. Um, sorry, this is completely off topic. I was um doing just scrolling social media while we're getting it back on. Jared Haynes going away for five years.
2: Five years, yep.
0: Fuck me. That sucks. I mean, I don't know the story. It sounds like, what's he get done for? Sexual assault. So probably, yeah. well, I, I won't comment either way. But yeah, you can't go. <laughs> don't go there. He might, who knows? Guilty, innocent. Well, he's just going to jail. So I guess he's guilty. Going to he's, jail. He's a naughty boy. Yep. And I think we need to reframe our
1: society. This is coming back to, so reading books or Facebook, we've, we've replaced books with Netflix where you don't retain the information. You don't, I can watch some documentaries and then be like, fuck, like I know there's different types of learners, um, but I need to read it off paper. I'm not an audible um, sort of guy. I can't read audio books. I can retain it probably 50% of it. Mm. Netflix is just, I think it's just dumbing down a whole generation of people. and that's probably going to be beneficial for people when dumb people don't know what they're voting for what policies they're doing um read a fucking book
2: <laughs> Le- legitimately man legitimately i can't agree more i um i was on uh abc radio uh, with steve austin and he's like you know what do you what do you want to do and i was like I just want to make reading cool, man. Like, because you know, when you're growing up, you know, and I, I was probably the guy being like, you nerd, you know, rough Roughhousing kids around the library. Um, but here I've got all these like guys like Dan Pronk, like you said, abs- looks like an absolute weapon and is an absolute weapon, writes a book, you know, and you bet your fucking bottom dollar that Dan Pronk has read a lot of books that have motivated him and him and himself and his life. Um, you know, you guys have just had Mark Wales, uh, on the, on the podcast. I was fortunate enough to talk to Mark Wales, bet your fucking bottom dollar Mark Wales, fucking read books. Right. And, um, around 2009, 2000, this is what I'm trying to liken brothers and books to around 2009, 2010, there was that guy, um, Ziz, right. Um, that, that party goer, I think he's dead now. The sauna,
0: Um, the sauna guy.
2: That's the sauna incident, dude. Uh, and so what Ziz did. Um, for Australian gym market, gym markets, he fucking made it cool to fucking go to the gym, right, everybody wanted to go to the gym. And Australia's the population got jacked, got <laughs> jacked. And everybody had a six pack, everybody's going to the gym, people were experimenting with steroids and stuff. I remember seeing Ziz in high school and um, skipping class to go to the gym with my older brother. Um, and so I'd skip skip school to go to the gym because Ziz was doing it and it was really cool. <laughs> Um, So what I'm trying to do with books, right, is, well, here's Mark Wales, you know, an extremely accomplished, um, smart, humble, great guy, right, reading fucking books. Here's Dan Pronk, reading books, very cool individuals, right? It's very hard to disagree with the special forces operator saying, hey, reading books made me who I am. So I'm trying to get these people in the forefront to the younger generation to be like, Hey, do you want to turn out like your fucking heroes? Well, guess what they did? They read a shit ton of books growing up and it shaped their lives and now they're extremely successful and they're fucking cool. So I'm trying to change the stigma around reading and education the same way that Ziz did with going to the gym. So yeah, I really just want to put these guys out in front of them and be like, you know, is a heavily tatted up male with a six pack long luxe, like Maxer and a cool beard, like Adrian and going, Hey, fucking read some books. You know, just like you just said, i like, yeah, I'll probably read some books. Mexer just fucking told me too. He's pretty cool. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's, that's what brothers and books is about. Um, and yeah, like you said, replacing books with Facebook and stuff. I want to get the younger generation reading again um, so that no matter what sort of politics are at play, what government's in power, um, what education's being driven down to the children or um, anyone else, they can still pick up a book and read about history, read and learn whatever the fuck they want to learn about. Instead of us um, complaining about, oh, they're not teaching kids this or that these days, I want to be like, well, here's your opportunity to teach your children whatever you want to teach them, give them some books to read.
1: What do you think? So, so books is knowledge and, and, and it's the ability to have an open mind and read whatever you like, as opposed to what is government directed or whatever happens, right? So we can move away from, from government control media or, or, or large media corporations giving that information to us. We can go out and, and learn the information ourselves uh, on the opposite side of that. Um, in order to control masses, we know that um, Hitler burnt books, you know, in fact, burning books is kind of a thing. Um, not liken that to currently what's happening with banning books these days. Right? So we're silencing people. What do you reckon about that? Is is there damaging books we shouldn't read? Is there, is it, would you say you don't read this book? It's, you know, it's going to set you off on the wrong path or.
2: <laughs> yeah. So no, I don't think there's any, any books out there like that. I think there's a problem with extremism in anything. And this is a real fence sitting answer. Apologies Max. Uh, but I don't think there's, there's any books like that floating around. The problem is the lack of other books that someone has read when they come across something like Mein Kemp. If Mein Kemp is the only thing that you read, then it'll probably lead you down a path to reading other books that, you know, are sort of neo-Nazi style, and it could end up like that. Um, but the problem with burning books is then you've got the issue of controlling what people do and don't read. And who are you to tell someone, fucking, well, read this book or don't read that book, you know what I mean? Um, and it's just that controlling thing and freedom of speech, right? It's another issue.
0: Mate, hey, people need to be allowed to read whatever the fuck they want. Um, yeah. Yeah, 100%, I reckon. And, and even if it's bad, telling them they can't read it, what's that going to make most people want to do? Go and read it anyway.
2: Yeah, that's right. Well, it, funnily enough, I read, um, everybody talks about communism, right? <laughs> communism this, communism this. Everybody's got a, an opinion on communism. So uh, while I was down and out, I was like, well, this is my fucking chance. I'm going to read the Communist Manifesto because everybody seems to talk about it, but out of everybody that I've asked, nobody, nobody has ever read it. Um, so, you know, it's just, a, it's just about how you take things. Um, and if you listen to everything that you're told, then you wouldn't, you wouldn't be yourself, would ya? You? I don't think anybody does and that.
0: Mate, you, you, you need to know both sides of the story or, or multiple if there is multiple. And like, I'm, I'm pretty opinionated most of the time. Um, no. When I, yeah. um, but that's, that's something I do try and pride myself on is, is trying to at least read articles or stories from both sides of the coin, uh, on, on especially on divisive topics, and there's plenty of them kicking around these days, but it seems to be like a mentality that they say, read this side of the story, make the other side illegal to even research. And that's, that's fucking backwards, you cannot. That's why I think
1: I think Facebook is something and, and social media is, is a scary place. And I think someone's gonna have to write a book about how to manage your social media because all you end up doing is creating echo chambers. So you're actually radicalizing yourself and everyone around you because you're only friends with people that think or do things like you generally, right? Or, you know, I mean, there's different. But you create your own echo chambers. You you you've, you effectively create a machine that radicalises you left or right. Like, I never saw left and right as much as I did in the army. And I know I didn't pay as much attention to it. But now it just seems like it is fucking everywhere. You're either left or right. I was like, oh, I, 10 years ago, people didn't give a shit in Australia about politics. Like, I've got to
0: go vote for the sex party or the hunting and fishing party. Well, they still don't, yeah. mate. I think, I think most people still don't give a shit about Australian politics. But we're just... Like force-fed American politics, and it's like again, I gotta be careful with the stories I start telling. A few chicks I've dated recently were either Canadian or American, and instantly, first date, it comes up. They try and sneak it in there. I'm like, you motherfucker, are you just trying to figure out if I'm a Trump fan or not. Um, obviously, I am. No, <laughs> well, kind of. There's, there's parts of him as a person. Anyway, I won't get into it. But it is. To, for a topic to come up on a first date, that means it is such a top of mind issue for people from that part of the world that they need to go, if you're on this side of politics, I can't date you. I'm like, good luck in life. Like it's, you're fucking closing yourself off to at least half of the world.
2: Half the world, yeah. And the other thing is as well, like I'm not having to go at the, the girls you've been dating, um, but it speaks Amazing to- Amazing women. What- <laughs> it speaks to what they can what they can actually talk about in conversations it's just whatever whatever the hot topic is on on facebook or whatever um, media company is pushing at the time you know it's it's actually quite sad because mm. like um what we see on facebook ends up being like 80 percent of our conversations right in normal day-to-day we're talking about it now mm. you know and it oh, and yeah. it forces us to talk about it because we're thinking about it all the time it's crazy
0: yeah, I mean, I'm a massive fan, while we're on the dating topic, of bringing up all of your extremes early on, because there's no point dating someone for a month and then finding out your fucking polar opposites. I'd rather bring out all the... I mean, I'm also 35. I don't really want to waste time anymore. I just put all my baggage on the table and be like, there it is, you still you still want to stick around? Because I haven't bought you any drinks yet, so we can just call this now, save you some money. But I mean one of the 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 reason I'm going into that one of the talks I, I went on a date with this um, with a German chick and she was uh, I don't know if we've talked about this in the podcast before you can shut me up if we have mixed but she was she was really um standoffish to tell me where she was from because she didn't have a German accent she'd been traveling for a long time uh, and, and I cottoned on I'm like why do you why are you ashamed and she's like our country still has a, a shame problem from the 1940s. And that that i went down the rabbit hole because there's there's parts and this is going to be super unpopular but there is parts of um the the nazi war machine that had they not have been uh the atrocities like there's there's stuff today like s- medical research um space research maneuver. All, all that stuff i mean it came from the nazis and I'm not trying to condone Nazi behavior, but there's some shit in there that if we just go, if it was associated with Nazis, we have to make it illegal, burn it, you know, let her read those books, we're gonna fucking delete some some serious breakthroughs in history. And at the same time, um, I playing well not playing, but, but being in the, in the world of mental health and psychology now, like I don't fully buy into the, the concept that everyone's born good and then we make them bad. Like I don't know enough about the topic to, to say whether or not we can Give birth to psychopaths from day one but what the way the approach i like to take and this is relevant to like the the sf war crime stuff. it's relevant to when people talking about hitler i'm like something made that dude and and if reading Mein comfort or reading um nazi, books from nazi germany can help understand what turned you would assume an innocent young kid into adolf hitler like that's a fucking fascinating story and I wanna be able to read it. I don't wanna pick up mine come one day and then get thrown in jail for it. So yeah, long winded way to say like we, we cannot make books illegal. We've gotta people have just gotta read what they gotta read. I'll just leave it at um, that. <laughs> No, no, and
2: I fully agree as well, and and the difference, there's there's no difference between any human being like a, at the core of it, we're all born exactly the same, whether it's good or evil, but you're 100% right, if, um, and you know, there's, the uh the, converse, uh, the uh the in army that you hear all the time you put any any rank group together and they revert back to the lowest common denominator right um there's a group of uh infantry soldiers at um singleton but like the same way as a group of captains uh at canungra on a course right it, it's it's the culture and it's the environment that you find yourself in at the current time, you know what I mean? And, you know, we've all done um, silly things on the piss even, but it was okay in that instance. And you wouldn't think that that's something that you would do normally. So I don't think it's as black as uh, black and white and be like, oh, Hitler woke up one day, I was like, oh, I'm going to be Adolf Hitler. Mm. Um, so to ban everything around it as well. Like, um, no, I fully agree with your point.
1: Yeah. Where do we take, where, where are you taking Brothers and Books now and what's, what's the aspect that, like what's your, what do you want to achieve with it? And, and has ARMY helped you with it? Uh, and have you received funding? Like what, what's going on? What's the whole story?
2: Yeah, so it's just, it's just me um, running Brothers and Books at the moment. Um, ARMY's supportive of it because uh, I saw a, a gap and a problem. Uh, well, I won't say a problem in the army, um, but Uh, I saw that more officers were reading than soldiers. And uh, as you guys can attest to, um, soldiers are the majority of the army. Uh, And a lot of the times I see, um, and it's in society as well, it's not just army. I see the older generations speaking ill of the younger generation saying they've got a real resilience problem. You know, there's issues with soldiers or even um, their kids not being able to do all these things or back in my day, you know, uphill both ways. And no one's really doing anything about it. Um, so I think that the best way that we can increase their resilience levels, uh, is to get more people, get more people reading. Um, so in the future, I'd like to hand brothers and books off to, um, to, um, soldiers to actually run themselves, um, so that soldiers can get some professional development as well, that they actually run themselves as opposed to officers saying, Hey, read this book. They actually take ownership of it and be like, Hey guys, like. Fucking read David Goggins, read Tony Robbins. Like this shit will change your life. You know, if you're having a problem, don't sit there and whinge about it. Go and educate yourself on the problem. Um, and yeah, so that, that's, where I, that's where I see it going. Uh, but currently I donate a shit ton of books to a bunch of different areas where hopefully it finds someone going through, going through a rough time so that they pick it up uh, and they can get through their rough time the same way that I got through mine.
0: Hey, that's sick and I cannot agree more with the education I mean that's what you get out of books hopefully um, education is a game changer for everything and, and maybe there's correlations in that problem because I mean everyone does say the younger generation military or otherwise like younger generations aren't as resilient um, maybe it is because they're getting their life lessons from fucking Facebook in, in sub 15 second videos um, who knows but I, I mean, I had these conversations with a bunch of people uh, looking at like defense space, veteran space, transition space. They're like, what is the one thing we can do to, if we could put our finger on one thing that would have the most impact, what would it be? And I was like, it's got to be education. Like, even, even at, for your situation, right? You, you were searching for people with similar scenarios, similar situations, so you could learn. So you Learning, can understand what you're right. up against. And that's the key to resilience, I think, is, is first knowing what you're about to go through and then trying to build some fortification around what you, the, the, the shit parts of it that you're going to experience. Yeah. yeah All
2: that's starts with education. Long. Uh, and, and I think, um, the parachute jump school in the Australian army, the special forces parachute jump school. I love their motto, uh, knowledge dispels fear. Right. Um, so now like my little action on whenever I come up against something that I'm worried about, will fucking learn about it, you know, learn about it. Um, and I see, um, I see people talking about awareness with different things. Um, uh, And I'm like education as well, like fucking get educated because that's how you dispel your fear. Get rid of your anxiety. If you're worried about something, learn about it, overcome it. Because as soon as you know that it's not the boogeyman under your bed, it's just the wind outside, well, it's not so fucking scary anymore.
0: 100%, mate. The unknown is what we fear the most. That's what creates anxiety for any topic. You get educated on it might not be you, you might get educated and be like all right fuck i've got i've got an uphill battle ahead of me but at least you know what's coming Yep.
1: mate we're gonna have to get you to uh we we we, we put an information uh network together uh on the website hey adrian
0: yeah oh, it's it's not completely built yet but yeah it's, it's in the process we'll definitely have to plug this and, and get people to well you're already doing fucking well on social media but push as many people across there as possible to get some hot book tips.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Anything, anything to get more people reading. And I'm sure you guys have got book recommendations as well for, um, the younger generation. You guys are right. It's so, so this is the thing you guys are, you know, your human books um the information that you're sending out now is what you would find in a book um just delivered in a different platform so fucking well done
0: cheers mate i see how we go what you gotta be careful sending too many people here to get educated i don't know if that's what this podcast is about well it kind of is there's some gems in there from the guests and then me and max just waffle on a bit (laughs) what book are you reading right now mate what's the book you're on now
2: so I'm not supposed to show this book to anyone um, because it's yeah but uh, I'm sure mark won't mind um, I just finished reading Mark Whale's book survivor um, and yeah it's it's a really good book um, but yeah no one's supposed to it, he's already done the cover release I'm just not allowed to show the pre-release cover um, oh, that, was, that was a really good book I um, I have to I was planning to make a video this week about um. Uh, really popular, uh, American, uh, correction, Australian soldier books, um, with Robo um, Ben McElvie's book about Cameron Baird, uh, and now Mark Wales book as well. Fucking phenomenal reads. Absolutely phenomenal.
0: You've got that on. You've already got that on your page. How come you can't show it? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I do. So I've got the cover on it, but he said, I can't explain it without showing you. I'll just show you quickly. It's, it's the pre-release version.
0: Oh, gotcha. So, yeah, uh, no, no, yeah, no. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So I need to write a um, book review on it, but I can't take a photo of the physical book to do it. I don't know. It's publishing things. I don't know. Oh, um, and well, then, mate. And then fortunately uh, as well, I was, um, I was able to write the foreword for a book um, just recently called My Broken Soldier. And uh, it's a wife's perspective of helping her husband um, deal with, um, PTSD and the trauma that he suffered uh, in the defence force as well. So uh, I thought that was an excellent read, and it's similar to the message that you guys or the mission that you guys are taking up at the moment, um, which is just, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to not see uh, all the positives that you guys are um, sharing and spreading.
1: Well, mate, um, I'll drop a little book here. Um, so uh, James Long, give me this book. He's he's getting right into his to the Stoics at the moment, and I've been into the Stoics for a little bit, so um, I'm halfway through, well, I'm a third of, fuck, I've just started. Ryan. <laughs> you've, read, you've
2: read the title. <laughs> you read the back yeah. cover.
1: <laughs> I'm done. The back cover. I've got the Audible and I've got the physical book coming so I can read and listen along. Um, Ryan Halliday's uh, Lives of Stoics. Get that in ya. See how we go like, you've already read it. Fuck yeah. No, no, no.
2: <laughs> oh, no I haven't read it. I read um, The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday as well. Excellent, yep. mate. Excellent. And he's on Tim Ferriss, mate. You're going to love that book.
0: Oh, it's going to be good. See how The Obstacle go. is the Way. There's a couple on here, mate. There's one, I'm just going through my Audible account. There's one that I want to promote to people because it's fucking fantastic. It's, it's labelled as fiction. However, I believe it is supposed to be non-fiction, but we're just not ready for it yet. So... It's called secret machines it was one of the ones that um, Tom Delong you know when Tom Delong went on, went on Rogan's podcast the blink 182 dude uh, and he's got this new company called to the Stars Academy and they they're basically a bunch of uh, NASA NSH uh, intelligence community dudes he's put together on this on this board um, and they've got two end states one is to reverse engineer some of the landing the craft from area 51. Uh, and turn it into a, a commercial um, means of travel. Fuck knows how far they're getting with that. But the other one is to go, we, we know all this shit about aliens. It's there. We just have to slow cook the frog, trick or release it to the public, and we're going to do that through storytelling. Um, and so he wrote all these books, and they're, they're, I think they're going to make some movies and stuff. But he wrote a series of these books called The Secret Machine, with an S on the end. Fuck, I've just lost it. Secret Machines. It's with a K, though, for secret. Um, and and they're basically stories of intelligence communities and, and talking about their yeah, interactions with UFOs and aliens and that. And they were 16 hours. I listened to that like nonstop. Could not, I'll put it down, it's the wrong word, but could not turn it off. They're so good. So I'll get I'll write a little thing up and I'll send it through to you so you can put that one yeah. up. Do yeah, you, you do? 100%, there no. was one other fiction one. Did you put much fiction in there? Not a lot.
2: Um, so, uh, less, less fiction has come through, but heaps of people read fiction and find, find a lot of joy out of it. Um, so I try and encourage it, but a lot of the time people that do read fiction, they'll look at the page and be like, oh, fiction's not for the page. Mm. So send it through, send it through. Cause I, I encourage all reading. Well, I mean,
0: that's, that's uh, the only reason I brought it up. because I, I don't really read fiction at all unless I'm, I've been told, like I read the alchemist, for example, and like, yeah. unless you've been told that there's some lessons in there that you, you can take away, then I'll give it a crack, but yeah, if I'm going to do fiction, I'm going to be laying in bed staring at Netflix, mate. So when I read, it's, it's normally always non-fiction. But these ones, yeah. if anyone reads them, just read them. tell yourself it's non-fiction and you'll get more out of it.
2: Yeah. No, there's he- it, um, The Alchemist, um, there's heaps of good ones like that that follow the story. I think um, uh, the, the Mindful Warrior, um, that's a fiction book and it's, um, yeah, it's phenomenal.
0: Nice well, mate, I've got my next four books already that i pulled out of your Instagram right, page. This
2: is, a problem. this is the only problem with the Instagram page. People look at it like, fuck, I'm gonna read some fucking books. So people will send me photos like, hey, I just read this book. I've got this book ordered. I'm reading this book now. I'm like, fucking oh. Yeah, so it's good to see that it's getting yeah, some traction. Man. And every time, I think, just be, I've only been doing Brothers and Books um, for close to six months now. Um, We're close to 4,000 followers on Instagram. Um, but the amount of books that have been read because of the page, it's got to be over a thousand books. So I'm fucking, every time someone sends me in I'm like, I'm reading this book now, I saw it on your page. Um, oh, I just get overjoyed, hey, because I'm just like, fucking Mate, oh,
0: it's like, good for you. That's sick. And I mean, that goes back to your it links back to your Ziz story. Like I was going to bring up that Ziz's addiction was you, you can go to the gym um, and you get to flex and look at yourself in the mirror. And that's like the ego thing, but there's an ego piece to reading books. Like everyone wants to flex their brain and go, yeah. I'm, I'm smart cause I read this book. Here's the one line I remembered from it, but that's fucking cool that people actually want to come out publicly and go, yeah, I've read all these books. Uh,
2: uh, yeah. Um, the big one that got sent in, it, it was released this year. Um, I think it just won an award for the best um, bi- biography. It was from a man called Eddie Jacku who was another um, Holocaust survivor, and he's, he's an Australian, uh, and he wrote a book called The Happiest Man Alive, and it talks about all the atrocities that he went through, but just how fucking happy his life is, because he went through all of that. Every single day that, post the Holocaust, he has celebrated, and he's lived the world's happiest life, because every day he's like, woohoo, I am not dead. I'm alive. I'm going to make the absolute most of it. Um, and it was awesome. Once that book got recommended, I think three or four people read it and just sent me in photos and were like, this has changed my fucking life. This has changed my life. Um, it's hard to be upset at your current situation. When you read someone who's been through that, he's like, nah, it's pretty good. Life's fucking pretty good. Uh Oh, I got to listen to him. I'm not going through the Holocaust. I just got a big wound in my back.
1: Yeah, mate, uh, well, oh, you've got me stuff that I'm going to, I'll probably be reading. How long does it take you to read a book now? I'm, I'm pretty, pretty quick now, you know, yeah, it's I just, just, just that like,
2: the... <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't say that, mate. I say the opposite. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's right. <laughs> uh, um, No, I, I got pretty quick at reading, reading books, hundred percent, because it's just like, you know, sprint training. If you sprint every day, you're going to get quicker. If you read every day, you're going to get quicker at reading books.
1: And retention's still up there?
2: Yeah, it's right up there, hey. I actually I actually think um, it improves as you go along. So it's, um, I'm sure there's heaps of stuff about reading and memory tests, et cetera, um, but my memory is definitely increased.
1: All right, so, mate, you've got me thinking, righto. Well, I don't know how quick I'll be, it takes me about a week to read a book, so we'll see how we go, maybe two. Um, mate, thanks for coming on, mate. It's a fucking phenomenal story, and I think what you're doing has got, uh, it's got a long life ahead of it, mate, and it's gonna get it's gonna get cool, mate. So thanks for coming on, mate, and sharing your story. It was it was sick having you on. Cheers, mate. Hey,
0: cheers for letting me share my story, boys. Thanks so much.